Beloved brothers and sisters, esteemed and honorable elders and guests of the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدٍ Every single individual is created in such a manner that he will always be placed through tests and trials and difficulties. That is the nature of this world. And that is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned he has created us. لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدٍ and at the same time, every single individual will have a test which has been fashioned purely for him. Such a test that he will be able to withstand. Such a test that he will be able to succeed. And it will never be beyond one's ability, it will never be beyond one's capacity to pass through that test. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also mentions in the Quran, La yukallifullahu nafsan illa wasaha. Allah will never bear Allah will never burden a soul with more than it can bear. And our Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so merciful, so kind, that He has already forewarned us in the Quran. He has already informed us before if you can embrace yourself, before any type of impact, any difficulty, it's much more easier to bear. In fact, even if a person is braced before receiving an injury, the pain that he'll experience is less compared to if he was not braced. Sometimes it'll completely derail him. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, He says, most definitely, without a doubt, we are going to test you. Tests are going to come. Bishay'im min al khawfi. With just a little bit, meaning something that you'll be able to bear. Some fear at times. Other times, hunger. Sometimes a deficiency in wealth. Difficulty in our livelihood. Sometimes, sometimes shortage of lives around us, the taking of lives. Or sometimes even our health. And also various other things. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions though at the end, that give glad tidings to those who are patient. At the end of the day, being servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our job is not to question and to ask why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why am I going through this difficulty? Why are other people not going through this difficulty? Because at the end of the day, we are the mere servants of Allah. We don't get to make those decisions. It's like a person has a car, and he's selling the car for 
Maybe he purchased it for 15000 And he decides, now I want to sell it for $10. Who are you to go to that person and tell him, what, what is wrong with you? Why are you selling it for uh, $10? That's his choice. He can do whatever he wants. If he wants to give it away as a gift free, then he can give it away as a gift. If he wants to give it away for $100, he can give it away for $100. If he wants to give it away for more than he made, $20,000, he can do it. It's his. It's his material, his possession. He can do whatever he wants with it. We don't have a right to... to um, uh, you know, mandate that he sells it at a certain price because it's his commodity, it's his item, it's his own. He possesses that, he can do whatever he wants with it. Similarly, we are the creation of Allah and we do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to do, and we live as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to live. And when we understand that, then we have just two, it's just two options. We only have two options in life. Either you can be happy and pleased with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or you can be angered, upset and depressed but at the end of the day the outcome is still going to be the same as far as this loss that a person is suffering this difficulty that a person is going through you are still going to go through it there is no change either you can adopt a positive attitude Look at what's forward, look at what's to come Observe patience and see what's in store for you Or you can live a life of suffering and misery But at the end of the day It's not going to change anything really in this world It may not change any outcome, any decision that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made It can change your outcome in the hereafter definitely And possibly in this world But that, that difficulty that you're facing is not going to necessarily change anything we only have two options. It's like a switch that you have to flip. Either you can, you know, either the cup or the bottle is half full or it's half empty. And it's, it's up to us to decide. And if you look at shaitan's conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he refused to prostrate, Adam salam. He refused to prostrate And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Addressed him He said مَا مَنَعَكَ أَن تَشْتُدَ لِمَا خَلَقْتُ بِيَدَيْ وَمَا مَنَعَكَ أَلَّا تَشْتُدَ إِذْ أَمَرْتُكَ Then shaitan he replied قَالَ أَنَا خِيرٌ مِّنْ He said why do I have to bow down to this person I'm better than him خَلَقْتَنِي مِنْ نَارِ You created me from fire Fire ascends Created him from dirt Dirt so despicable Look it falls to the ground He didn't realize that fire Is something that is destructive Whereas clay and dirt Is something which is constructive Can build buildings with etc Anyways then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Went back and forth Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Cursed him فَخْرُجْ بِنْهَا فَإِنَّكَ رَجِيمٌ and in different places of the Quran This discussion Is mentioned The discussion between shaitan and Allah Allah told them get out of here You can no longer stay in the heavens With the angels It's not appropriate for you to be here And you are cursed forever But subhanallah This is a side point It was quite an amazing side point Something to think about Shaitan. The ulama they mentioned that shaitan had four 
Eins, four things. Um, he actually, he had three things and he did not have a fourth. He had three Eins, he didn't have a fourth. The first Ain is he was an Alim and he was an Aqil. He was an Alim, meaning he was extremely intelligent. Shaitan was extremely intelligent at that time, except for this blunder that he made. Uh, but besides that, he was known to be quite intelligent. And even now, Shaitan is very intelligent. Shaitan has over a million years, perhaps more, uh, of experience of how to deceive and how to misguide people. The greatest of uh, a closest of friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if they're not careful, can slip up. And he also knows how to misguide others as well. So he was an alim, an aqil. He was also, they say he was a great abid. He worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Prior to that time, he, that was why he was given that rank amongst the angels. Because he was an excessive worshipper of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And some ulama mentioned there wasn't a corner on the earth where he did not prostrate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he was at one point in time a great abid. And he was also an arif billah. He was someone who had the manifa of Allah. Subhanallah. How in the heavens world can shaitan mal'oon, the shaitan, a cursed person, have the recognition of Allah? He had the recognition of Allah. How did he have the recognition of Allah? He knew how merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was. That's why right after Allah cursed him, right after Allah cursed him, and he said, get out. What did he do? He immediately turned to Allah and he made dua. He said, Rabbi fa'amdirni ila yawmi yuba'atun. Subhanallah. Shaitan, he immediately made dua to Allah. Ya Allah, grant me respite. Give me some chance until the day that they are resurrected. Of course, this later on turned into his challenge to Allah. I'm going to lead every single one of them astray. But he made dua to Allah at that particular time. Imagine when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cursed him and told him to leave. But he had enough understanding of Allah and how merciful Allah was to actually make dua at that time. And what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do? Immediate response. Okay, your dua got accepted. Subhanallah. On one occasion, someone came to Mawlana Ashraf Ali Tanmi, rahimahullah, and, um, or actually Mawlana Ashraf Ali Tanmi was walking past him, and so this, Hazrat, he, this, this individual, he said, Hazrat, please make dua for me. Um, and then Mawlana Ashraf Ali Tanmi, he said, rahimahullah, he said, okay, inshallah, I'll make dua for you, you also make dua for us. So then he replied, he said, well, my duas are useless. You know, I'm such a big sinner, and I'm... Uh, don't, there's no point in me making du'as. Hazrat, you make du'a for us, inshallah, we'll all get salvation. So then he got so upset. And he said, why are you talking like this? Don't you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even accepted the du'a of shaitan? Are you so bad? Are we so bad that despite seeing the angels around us, despite seeing things from the ilmul ghayb, we still disobey Allah? None of us have reached that point. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So we should have utmost hope also that our du'as get accepted. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you have absolute conviction that your du'as are going to be accepted. If Allah can accept shaitan's du'as, then why wouldn't he accept yours and ours? So anyways, the conversation continued. 
And what was part of the conversation? This is now pertaining to our topic of discussion. Shaitan told Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He said, Part of his threats to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there are many other threats. I'll misguide everyone. I will give them false hopes to pursue. I'll instruct them to do various things. They will slit the ears of camels. Some ulama mentioned that means that they will cause chaos and wreak havoc throughout the earth. I will also instruct your servants and they will alter your creation. And there were different different threats. One of them particularly, he says, Ya Allah, he said, I will come to them from in front of them. I'll come from behind. I'll come from the right. I'll come from the left. I'll come from every nook and corner, every single way. All for what? Also, that you find your servants will not be grateful. They will not be thankful to you. They won't be positive. They won't be appreciative. That is the ploy. That's the that's the plan of Shaitan. In another hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he speaks about. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has destined something, then there's only two options. Man radiya falahu rida. That person who is decreed the pleasure with the decree of, that person who is pleased with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, falahu rida, then he himself will find happiness. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be pleased with him. And that individual who is not pleased with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But rather he is angered. Then Rasulullah sallallahu mentions فَلَهُ السَّخَطْ That he shall also receive the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he is not pleased with the decree of Allah. And in other words, then let him die with his grief. فَلَهُ السَّخَطْ There's nothing you can do to change it. It's all about perspective. And there's nothing we can really do except constant. How do you develop that? That's the next question. How do you develop that? Well, one is that you ponder about the ayat that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has discussed in the Quran. You reflect over them what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions very shortly afterwards. Right afterwards, after telling Allah is mentioning there's going to be different tests. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Give glad tidings to those who exercise patience. So we can reflect over these ayat. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised wonders for those individuals who remain patient. Allah mentions other, uh, elsewhere in the Quran, uh, Do do we think that we're going to be left alone to just say, La ilaha illallah, we believe, and, and there's no test that's going to come our way? Whereas those before were definitely granted tests. Allah knew those who were true to Him. And he made known to others those who are not true to him. So we can ponder over these ayat, and the more that we ponder over these ayat, we realize, subhanAllah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the ultimate being. He is our creator, our master, and he is the one who is in control. And we only have one option that is to adopt patience, and we can ponder about all of the different rewards that, that come with patience. But at the end of the day, it's also a desire within the soul. I remember our shaykh, he would tell us, 
that when it comes to self-betterment, it's a decision that has to be made. It's an active decision. If you want to come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if we want to come closer to Allah, we have to want to come closer to Allah. We have to flip that switch in our bodies that, yes, I am going to do what I can to come closer to Allah. Similarly, when it comes to positivity or negativity, it's a switch, it's a perspective, it's an attitude. That one person can look at a particular plot of land and then he will see, okay, this is such a wonderful... Or someone may look at some barren land and they'll say, this is such a despicable place, this is such a useless place, nothing will ever grow here, nothing will ever be built here, it's in the middle of nowhere. Another person will look at it and he'll say, subhanAllah, this is such a wonderful place, what a wonderful area, I can build various different buildings over here or we can even bring cattle and we can uh, have them live here, we can make lots of money, lots of business. Another person can look at it and say, wow, this is such a wonderful place to play soccer, such a wonderful place to come and fly a kite. It's all about perspective. Every person is looking at the same piece of land and coming with a different perspective, different attitude. Similarly, whatever comes in our lives, when we have different perspectives, different ways to look at it. Either we can look at it in a positive way, make shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or we can, again, be displeased about it and angered about it. And if we look at the ahadith, especially when it comes to the loss of life, subhanAllah, we, we don't, no one is saying not to get hurt. No one is saying not to feel pain. That's abnormal, Right? Islam does not preach when it comes to all of these spiritual ailments to get rid of them. Islam doesn't say get rid of all of your um, lust and desire, get rid of your uh, desire to eat food, get rid of your anger, get rid of your hasad. Islam doesn't say that. Islam doesn't preach that. Islam preaches how to regulate these normal human characteristics. That when it comes to anger, you have to have some anger. But where is that anger directed? For the sake of Allah. مَنْ أَحَبَّ لِلَّهِ وَأَبْغَضَ لِلَّهِ وَأَعْطَى لِلَّهِ وَمَنَعَ لِلَّهِ فَقَدْ إِسْتَكْمَلِ الْإِيمَانِ Rasulullah said, you have to have anger to be a believer. You cannot have complete iman unless you have anger. But where is that anger? Is for the sake of Allah. مَنْ أَحَبَّ لِلَّهِ Whoever loves for the sake of Allah, and he hates for the sake of Allah. So anger is there, but it should be directed for the sake of Allah. If a person is going out and he's fighting for the sake of Allah, when the Sahaba anhu would go for jihad, how do you think they're supposed to fight the enemy if they don't have that anger, that ghayrah diniyah, having that type of you know, anger towards others at the right time for the right purposes? Like it's very famously mentioned, Ali radiallahu anhu, when he overcame someone, he threw him to the ground. He was about to take his life, that individual spit in, spit in his face. And then all of a sudden, he got back. He, 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 he let, let him go. That person was so confused, so confused. You're fighting you're at war with me. You're about to take my life. You should have just taken my life. Why didn't you take my life? I spit in your face. You should have taken my life in a more gruesome manner. <laughs> what, what did you do? So Ali radiallahu anhu told him, initially I was there only for the sake of Allah. When you spat in my face, it became personal. Look, subhanAllah, how he just let go. So you have to have anger for the sake of Allah. You have to have, how is a person supposed to show affection, compassion to their spouse if they don't have some sort of lust? How is a person supposed to survive if they don't have some sort of desire to eat food? So all of these things are supposed to be, they have to be there, but they have to be regulated. Like any, too much of anything will kill a person. If a person drinks way too much water too, then it can end up resulting in his death. 
So it has to be regulated. So similarly, when it comes to sorrow, pain, difficulty, and dealing with that, no one is saying that a person should just uh, remain positive all the time. And you know, someone passed away in the family, you have a smile on your face. That's, that's not what we're saying. Rasulullah himself also was a human being. Rasulullah himself taught us that yes, it's fine, it's, it's, it's perfectly okay to have sorrow. But to refrain from saying anything against Allah at that time. When his own son passed away, he said, The eyes are tearing. Sahaba were surprised. Ya, ya Rasulullah, this is, what is this? He said, This is rahmah. The heart grieves. But, and subhanAllah, when you, when you think about difficulties that happen in a person's life, they're different stages. You know, first it's shock, then it's grief, then it develops into anger. Especially if you see many other individuals, may Allah protect us, may Allah protect us, may Allah protect us. You see there are certain individuals when they experience a particular loss in the family, especially those who are very close or a, uh, or a brother or a sister, they lose their close, close friend. Then first they're shocked, they don't know what to say. Then it results in grief, they become depressed. Then what happens? Then they start questioning Allah. Then it becomes, it becomes hatred. That's just the steps of grief. So if you look at the hadith, Allahu Akbar, in an ayna tadma, yes, there is time for grief. There is time for sorrow. The eyes will cry, the heart will have, you know, it will feel the loss. But when that stage comes, we will not say anything except that which pleases our Rabb. It is at that time where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ Give those individuals who are patient, give them glad tidings. Give them glad tidings of what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ There are those who when they experience any difficulty, قَالُوا they say, إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلِهِ رَاجِعُونَ that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we belong and to Him we are going to return. They understand this world is temporary. They understand that whatever we are going through is, dif- is temporary. Mufti Taqi Safi mentions in the tafsir of the ayah, ma indakum yanfadu wa ma indallahi baq. He says, whatever is with you is going to terminate, is going to deplete, is going to run out. Wa ma indallahi baq. And what is by Allah it is everlasting. One way to look at this ayah is to look at it with regards to the temporary benefits of this worldly life, the luxuries, the enjoyments. Whatever we have is all going to perish. Whatever is by Allah is going to remain forever. So let's focus on the hereafter. But he mentions that another way to look at it is whatever difficulty you're going through, ultimately that's also going to perish. That's also going to be gone. That's also going to leave your life. And what is in store for you by Allah? If you exercise patience, you adopt a positive mindset and attitude, then that is undescribable. Such pleasures that the eyes have never seen, the ears have never heard of, the thought of which has never crossed a person's mind. They say, Allah says, Those are such individuals who will receive the select mercy of Allah, the special mercy of Allah. And other standard, there's, the only other individual who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends salawat upon all the time is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Inna Allahu malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi. Ya ayuhu ladhina amun sallu alayhi wa sallimu tislima. Imagine a person can receive 
similar treatment. A person can receive a similar type of mercy, special mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by adopting patience at the time of difficulty, by adopting patience at the time of hardship. And when we are placed in such a, in such a situation, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is actually granting us an, a, a, a package which will actually upgrade our status in His court. There was this one brother, he mentioned to me, this one alim, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward him, he said any person who goes through a difficulty such that it you know, derails them, it, it causes tears to flow from their eyes, then that is a time when now you are placed on, everyone is trying to get closer to Allah. Everyone is trying their best. Some way or another, to come closer to Allah. Everyone's on a pathway, coming as close as they can. But when a person goes through such a difficulty, provided that they have, they observe patience, Yes, they can cry, they can have sorrow, etc. But they won't speak out against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they persevere. And they go through that uh, difficulty and they do tear up. Then that individual is actually placed on a moving sidewalk. You know when you go to the airport and um, you're walking through, you have those walkways that are moving. <laughs> so it makes you get to your place faster. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places such individuals on something similar to that. That your ability to come closer to Allah is far better than anyone else. There was one, one uh, nashi, the one nadam, you can hear, it's sabilu dumu'i sabilu murih. That the way of, you know, when a person cries and cries and cries, provided that he cries in the court of Allah to Allah, then that is like one of the most healing things ever. And that is, uh, that is a person's way out. That is how a person will actually f- come much, much closer to Allah. He mentions that the same individual he was saying, when a person cries and it reaches that point of breakage, right? that is what other Anbiya salam, that's the extent that they were tested. <laughs> to such a point that the believers were broken down, that the cries came out of their hearts. Mata Nasrullah, Ya Allah, what's next? You know, when is the help coming? They reach such a point of breakage that it just comes out naturally. When a person is so broken down to the, like, to the bare bones, you know, like you're just so pitiful, you don't know what to do, you're losing your mind. At that time, you cried Allah because you know no one's going to help me except for Allah. And you cried Allah, you cried Allah, you cried Allah. At that particular time, every other barrier is completely removed. You have a direct connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's at that particular time, this particular Shaykh, may Allah reward him, he mentioned, he said, it's at that time where the test comes. Where if a person, Allah mentions and He promises, إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ Allah is with those who exercise patience. It's famously mentioned, it's not a hadith, but it's a, like a proverb, أَنَا عِنْدَ الْمُنْكَسِرَةِ قُلُوبُهُمْ I am with those whose hearts are broken. Right? That's, it's like a, a Israeli narration. But the, the meaning of this hadith is understood from various others, uh, other hadith as well. We understand that the concept is definitely real That when a person is heart, when his heart is broken Then all the barriers between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are removed And it's at that particular time now Where do I make dua only for my one difficulty Or do I branch out and I make as much dua as possible Do I use this opportunity to come as close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as possible And completely pour out my heart asking for everything possible or do I just restrict it to that one particular difficulty that I'm facing? If a person utilizes this package that Allah has granted them 
to upgrade, to get them a closer status by Allah, then they will find, subhanAllah, every single thing that they would make dua for, they will find, inshallah, inshallah. True, answered either in this world directly in a matter of few days, moments, hours, perhaps, or months, or years, or in the hereafter. He will see those, the results of those duas. So again, it is up to us. And sometimes we don't have any other choice when we're placed in such a difficulty except to submit to the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to adopt a positive mindset. We need to understand that shaitan is the one who wants us to think negatively. Shaitan is the one who wants us to... And you know, the, the, the most ajib thing, it's the most frightening thing, the most frightening, one of the most frightening ayat of the Qur'an, and we'll end off with this, or maybe we'll try to end off on a positive note. It's the most frightening ayat of the Qur'an. Allah says, وَلَقَدْ صَدَّقَ عَلَيْهِمْ إِبْلِيسُ ظَنَّهُ فَاتَّبَعُوهُ إِلَّا فَرِيقًا مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Shaitan was right. That's what Allah mentions. وَلَقَدْ صَدَّقَ إِبْلِيسُ ظَنَّهُ Shaitan, whatever he thought about mankind and thought that he was going to be able to do, Allah says, وَلَقَدْ صَدَّقَ عَلَيْهِمْ إِبْلِيسُ ظَنَّهُ Shaitan saw true his thoughts and assumptions. He was right. So everyone followed him. Except a small group of believers. Those are the qalilun min al-awwaleen and the qalilun min al-akhirin. So we make dua Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us amongst these qalil who, you know, who are granted the ability to tawfiq, to be patient at the time of difficulty. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us this mindset that we can always look forward to Insha'Allah, these not look forward, but Allah grants us the ability to maximize on these efforts and these 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 particular times in our lives where we are going through difficulty in whatever shape or form. Rasulullah has mentioned so many different rewards for that individual that every, at every single second, whatever difficulty he goes through, in the hadith has mentioned Hatta to this extent that even some sort of uh, disturbing thought, if a person loses their keys, for example. Then too, at that moment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be forgiving his sins because of the status of a believer in the court of Allah. Provided that they are patient, provided that they do not lash out, provided that they do not adopt a negative mindset, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq to remain positive. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may Allah protect us from all sorts of difficulty. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ever does test us with any difficulty, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to remain patient. Oma tawfiq illa billah. Tawfiq only comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah grant us that tawfiq at those particular times. Inshallah, I'll make dhikr for a few minutes and then we can go downstairs uh, for, uh, or perhaps we can, inshallah, wait, uh, perform our salat al ishraq and then we can go down, inshallah. Before starting, let us all. Um, recite Surah Ikhlas 12 times with the intention of sending Isal al-Thawab to, to Rasulullah as well as all of those who have passed away.
with the intention of repenting for all of our major and our minor sins, let us say Astaghfirullah 11 times. With the intention of attaining spiritual sustenance, let us take the name of Allah by saying Ya Basitu 11 times. Can repeat after me the words of dhikr Allahumma ftah aqfala qulubina bi dhikrik wa atmim alina ni'matak wa asbigh alina min fadlik wa ja'alna min ibadika salihin Allahumma ftah masami' qulubina bi dhikrik wa rzuqna ta'ataka wa ta'ata rasulika وعملا بكتابك اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم طهر قلبي عن غيرك ونور قلبي بنور معرفتك أبدا يا الله يا الله يا الله قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أفضل الذكر لا إله إلا الله 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 لا إله إلا الله. When we're making dhikr, then we should think when we're saying لا إله that everything, every problem, every difficulty, everything is coming outside of our hearts, and then إلا الله except for Allah, the love of Allah, and the main purpose for which we are living is to please Allah is coming back into our hearts. لا إله إلا الله 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 
لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا إله إلا الله 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 
محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم You should take the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Just Allah With as much love, as much compassion As much affection With as much grandeur as we can Thinking that at this moment every So much nur, so much rahmah So much mercy is descending straight into our hearts We should be hymning the praises of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Taking the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And imagine as though our souls are ascending Around the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That every single follicle on our body Every single bit, every portion of our body Will be engulfed in the nur and rahmah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions Ala bi dhikri Allahi tatma'innul qulub Ala bi dhikri Allahi tatma'innul qulub Ala bi dhikri Allahi tatma'innul qulub It is only to the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That the hearts attain true peace and true ease So we'll take the name of Allah with as much love as possible. Allah, 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 Allah. Allah 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 
Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah Allah اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جل وجهك وعز جاهك ليس كمثله شيء وهو السميع البصير الحي القيوم اللهم لك الحمد كما ينبغي لجلال وجهك ولعظيم سلطانك لا نحصي ثناء عليك لا نحصي ثناء عليك لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وآله كمالا نهاية لكمالك وعدد كمالي اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد كلما ذكره الذاكرون وصل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد كلما غفل عن ذكرنا غافلون اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد في الأولين وصل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد في الآخرين وصل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد في الملاي الأعلى إلى يوم الدين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد مفتاح خزائن رحمتك اللهم افتح لنا بسيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ما أغلق علينا من خير الدنيا والآخرة اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد عبدك ورسولك نبيه الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اللهم صل وسلم دا دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين اللهم اغفر وارحم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الله الأعز الأكرم اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا ثقها وجلها سرها وعلانيتها ما قدمنا وما أخرنا ما أسررنا وما أعلنا وما كنت أعلم به منا أنت المؤخر وأنت المقدم وأنت على كل شيء قدير لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم إنا نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين ويا أكرم الأكرمين اللهم اغفر لأمة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم فرج عن أمة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم انصر إخواننا المصدعفين في كل مكان يا أرحم الراحمين ويا أكرم الأكرمين وخاصة في فلسطين يا أرحم الراحمين يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأذل الشرك والمشركين ودمر أعداء الدين يا أرحم الراحمين كن معهم ناصرا ووليا يا أرحم الراحمين معهم ناصر ووليا اللهم فرج عن أمة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ألف بين أمة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم إنا نسألك من كل خير أحاط به علمك في الدنيا والآخرة ونعوذ بك من كل شر أحاط به علمك في الدنيا والآخرة وأنت المستعان عليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم اللهم جعلنا من عبادك الشاكرين اللهم جعلنا من عبادك المخلصين اللهم فقهنا في الدين وعلمنا الكتاب والحكمة والتأويل وحببنا إلى الناس اللهم جعلنا من عبادك المخلصين المخلصين العالمين العاملين يا أرحم الراحمين ويا أكرم الأكرمين يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا ذا القوة المتين ويا راحم المساكين ويا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين ويا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين 
اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا ورزقا طيبا وعملا متقبلا وشفاء عاجلا كاملا من كل داء وتوبة نصوحة وراحة عند الموت ومغفرة بعد الموت والعفو عند الحساب والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار اللهم لا تحرمنا بذنوبنا يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم تقبل منا لدينك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم 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 يا أرحم الراحمين ويا أكرم الأكرمين اللهم اهدنا واهدي بنا وجعلنا سببا لمن اهتدى اللهم اغفر لموتانا يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم اشفي مرضانا ومرض المسلمين اللهم اشفي مرضانا ومرض المسلمين اللهم اشفي مرضانا ومرض المسلمين وارحم موتانا وموت المسلمين اللهم إنا نسألك من كل خير ما سألك منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من كل شر ما سعادك منه نبيك وحبيبك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله وجد الأنبياء كلهم خيرا وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين آمين برحمتك يا رحمة الله إن شاء الله فول is ready um, those of us that would like to go can go إن شاء الله and those that would like to perform إشراق can perform إشراق after breakfast okay, I believe there's still time so Thank <laughs> you.